Welcome in to Talking Terps, a show which covers University of Maryland basketball and football. Talking Terps is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Baltimore Orioles, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Terrapins. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations on the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Welcome to Talking Terps. I'm joined by BSL Terps analyst Zach Kiesel. How are we doing, Zach? Doing good, Chris. How are you? Doing good. It's tournament week. The uh, Terps are dancing. We're both excited. So year one of Willard's tenure is ending. Uh, Maryland has reached the NCAA tournament. Uh, thoughts on his first year at the helm and your current confidence in the program? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's been generally an overwhelming success. I mean, I don't know that any of us have could have expected better. Um, than an NCAA tournament in his first year, the first Maryland head coach to ever get to the NCAA tournament in his first season. Obviously, it's a different animal now than when it was, even when Turgeon took over with the transfer portal and everything. You can build a team quicker than you were able to in the past, but still a good accomplishment. You look at what the media predicted um, Maryland to finish 10th in the Big Ten. I think those of us who were closer to the program knew that a better finish was possible, but to finish 6th, get one win in the Big Ten tournament, head into the NCAA tournament, and to finish the season, I think, stronger, especially in conference play than they started, is something that we've been waiting to see Maryland do um, for a few years, get better as the season went on. And I think confidence in the program is high. Another thing that I think has really impressed me with Willard so far is in just one year, he's really revitalized the fan base. You look at the year that the Big Ten tournament was canceled, and obviously the NCAA tournament was canceled because of COVID, Turgeon had maybe his best team. And it, there's no telling how high that team could have flown. But then you have the COVID year. Uh, students who were freshmen in 2020 never got to see a Maryland game as a freshman or a sophomore, really, because of uh, attendance limitations. So there was a staleness around the program, obviously Turgeon getting fired and then Danny Manning, and last year was a mess. But now you've got this year, and not only has the fan base shown back up, they've sold out the Xfinity Center for all of their big games. The students are back in droves. The excitement around the program is huge, and you saw that in a 10-0 conference home record. Their only home loss coming in that debacle against UCLA that we can all just forget about. So I think overwhelming success. We'll see. They obviously have to build on this, though. You can't miss the tournament next year. That that you will, We'll see this year in a whole different light. If that happens, you got to build on it and then next year be positioned to not only make the tournament, but make a run. A lot of good points, Zach. Obviously, you were with uh, excited about Willard before he was even hired. I was a little more apathetic by the resume, but, you know, I did say, you know, you're talking to these guys and there's some things that you're not privy to. It's uh and I think as soon as you heard Willard uh, talk, you could just you could see why why he was hired. Uh, and I think great points about his connecting to the Maryland fan base, also reaching back with former players, and then finding uh, and then and all of the recruiting spots he needs to be uh, locally and the connections he's made. He he certainly gets it in a way that Turgeon just never did. He never connected with this fan base. Um, it's a great point about 
you know, it's always kind of will be a what if uh, for Turgeon and that lost COVID uh, year. But where Maryland was right before Willard's hire was a really uh, a fan base that was just kind of worn out, right? And just uh, general apathy, it just kind of uh, was there. And fan bases recharge. Uh, you know, this isn't a we're not going to pretend that an eight seed is going to uh, the fan base is going to live with that going forward. But this year for, for the expectations that existed, as you laid out, uh, accomplished. And uh, I think the fan base is pretty charged about where Maryland is going under uh, Kevin Willard. So after beating uh, Minnesota, the Terps were knocked out of the Big Ten tournament by Indiana. That was Maryland's third loss in four games. What stood out to you uh, about Maryland's play during this recent stretch? Well, they didn't get to play at home. There's one reason if you're looking at uh, reasons why they lost. Obviously, a ton of success at home, no success on the road, and then the neutral sites are kind of 50-50. Um, I think there's a few things. Number one, they always they've always struggled to shoot on the road this year. That's been a consistent theme. Um, you look at the performances from Dante Scott and Hakeem Hart over the last month or so, they've been really bad. Um, just not able to find any sort of consistency. Uh, Dante Scott obviously suffered that knee injury during the uh, game against Minnesota in the big 10 tournament. Not sure how much that affected him against Indiana. He actually started off the game pretty well. I think he made three of his first four attempts from beyond the arc or something like that. So those are guys that you needed to have big contributions from to make a strong push in the tour in the Big Ten tournament, and you didn't get it. Jameer Young has also been a little bit more inconsistent with his shot. He hasn't been able to get to the rim as much with success uh, in the last few games. You had one, there was one game recently he had a real big game, but you know during that stretch where they were performing really well in February, he was taking over games, especially late. So. For him to have that lack of success, and then you you top that off with Julian Reese getting into even more foul trouble, it seems like, these last few games than he had been getting into in January and February. And when your big man isn't able to get into a rhythm, I mean, he was red hot in February. He was having a stretch of absolutely amazing games. You could count on him for a double-double, it seemed like, every game. And now he's not able to get into a rhythm because he's constantly in and out of the game, picks up a foul, he's back. Emilian picks up another foul, and he's back on the court back on the bench, you know, so it's hard to get into a rhythm when those guys are constantly in and out. So I think that's, that's really what stood out. Um, and the other thing that has kind of stood out in these last four games is that really for the first time all year, they've been allowing their poor shooting to affect them on the defensive end, which they've been doing a really good job of all year. They haven't been allowing their lack of success shooting the ball to affect their energy on defense. And you kind of saw that, especially against Penn State, late in that game when they allowed Penn State back into the game, and then against Indiana as well. They were just allowing too many open looks, things that they really hadn't done all year, and it just seems like frustration boiled over for them. They weren't able to get things going on the offensive end, and it translated to defense. That obviously can't happen in the NCAA tournament if they want to have any kind of success. Yeah, again, a number of good points there. Zach, you have... uh... Two road games, two neutral court games. We've, we've seen the issues all year with uh, Maryland on the road. Uh, you also mentioned the shooting. I believe Maryland was 32% for the year behind the arc. I think it picked up the last six games, but generally they've struggled to shoot, uh, particularly 
on the road. Uh, neutral court, we're going to hope uh, you know Thursday is a return to what we saw uh, in December prior to the conference uh, schedule. Maryland played pretty well in some, some neutral court settings. Uh, the recent point, I, I think that's really interesting. We talked even before the year how Maryland was going to handle any time Reese was in foul trouble. Obviously, you know, Maryland's going to go as far as, you know, they cannot have Reese off the court and expect to win any game going going for, uh, further. Uh, Maryland's defense, particularly when you have Reese, Martinez, and Hart on the floor together, their defense is pretty, you know, pretty collectively strong. Uh, the other point there with Young, I, I feel like the focus from other teams has turn to young uh, there directly. So others need to directly, uh, uh, you know, uh, step up. Uh, and then young will have to find his uh, spots there. So uh, Thursday, uh, as everyone has seen, Maryland kicks things off 12-15 uh, Eastern Standard versus border rival West Virginia. Uh, Bob Huggins closing in on a 1,000 career wins. They've got an experienced roster. Uh, they were in the rough and tumble Big 12 uh, this year. Early thoughts on this matchup. What stands out to you? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Should be a good one to lead off the day. It's going to bust like 50% of people's brackets, <laughs> as these 8-9 games typically do. They're toss-ups for a reason. I mean, you've got two very evenly matched teams. West Virginia, as you mentioned, tons of experience. They're, all five of their starters are seniors. Their sixth man off the bench is also a senior. That typically leads to success in March. You look at who's able to make a run. Oftentimes, and more often than not, they're led by a, a ton of seniors. West Virginia, obviously, you mentioned Big 12, extremely talented, extremely deep conference this year. I think they had seven teams make the tournament. Uh, Big 10 had eight. SEC had eight. So... That just tells you how good the conference is. It's not just Texas, Baylor, TCU, Kansas. Iowa State's really good. Kansas State's really good. Texas Tech was pretty good. So really top to bottom, very deep conference. So for them to be able to get through that, they started off their conference play not great. They finished pretty well, uh, considering the level of talent that they were going up against. But like Maryland, they struggled on the road. Only two conference road wins um, did not play well outside of Morgantown. So if you're looking for silver linings, there's one to point to. Who knows how they'll perform on a neutral court? Haven't done that. They won one game in their conference tournament, just like Maryland. They beat Texas Tech and then lost to Kansas. So Bob Huggins obviously has been there forever. I think it's 16 years now, which is kind of crazy. Um, it is crazy because as I said on the board, I still associate him with uh, Cincinnati, but that's because I'm old. But <laughs> And for me, now I'll admit I haven't watched much, much West Virginia at all this year. So I reached out to a buddy of mine and I was like, Did they, are they still press Virginia? What do they do? Because that's what they had done, say, five, six years ago when they were really yeah. strong. Full court press 100% of the time, get out and run on offense. So they're kind of press Virginia light is the sense that I'm getting. They still like to press on defense occasionally. They're one of the best teams in the country at turning teams over without getting steals. So what that tells you is throwing the ball out of bounds, travels, 
they're really good at making other teams uncomfortable, even if they aren't unforced unforced errors directly, right? Unforced errors, except they are forcing them, (laughs) yeah, indirectly or directly. Um, They will run occasionally offensively, but they don't do it exclusively as they used to. Um, they have a better half-court set. This team is also led by its offense. They're a very good shooting team. A lot of guys averaging double-digit scoring. Uh, they shoot the three well. They're a very well-balanced team. They don't rely single-handedly on one thing or the other. So it's going to be a really tough matchup. It, it should be a good game to lead things off. Um, one of the best, probably the best weekend, extended weekends in, in all of the sports seasons. So it's going to be a tough game, but hopefully one that Maryland can come out and win. They're going to have to shoot the ball well at the end of the day. West Virginia has a good enough offense that no matter how good Maryland plays offensively, they're going to get their points. So Maryland's going to have to match that and have a at least a decent scoring game to have a chance. Yeah, 15th in adjusted offense, 52nd in adjusted defense. Uh they score a little bit more than, than Maryland, roughly six points more per game. They're allowing uh, about uh, eight points more uh, per game uh, than Maryland. Rebounding both at 33.8. Of course, Maryland had the win over Purdue, uh, one of the best rebounding teams in the country. Maryland won on the boards that day. Uh, senior guard Eric Stevenson looks like he been about everywhere in his college career, but currently with uh, West Virginia taking 6.1 threes per game, making 38%. Uh, as Zach said, Maryland's going to have to hit their shots because you can expect West Virginia's going to make uh, a number of theirs. And going back to your earlier point, Zach, about Maryland's uh, defense, when the, they've done a good job all year of not allowing any of their offensive struggles to impact their defense. Maybe we saw that in the last couple of games uh Maryland's going to have to win this game primarily with their defense and have a, you know, a good offensive day. I saw Billis with his, uh, uh, Jay Billis, ESPN, with his kind of prediction. He was talking about getting, you know, the impact of getting to the line, uh, which obviously makes sense. So I think this game, basically a pick on West Virginia is probably the slight favorite. I haven't seen the latest line. It was like uh, one and a half of the last I saw, uh, but Basically, basically a pick them as you would expect in an eight nine game. Uh, if Maryland were to advance, they'd face number one overall seed Alabama. Yeah, as I just mentioned, Maryland did take down the number one seed earlier in the year, beating Purdue. Would you give the Terps a puncher's chance versus the uh, Crimson Tide? I'd give them a puncher's chance to keep it close. Uh, just because of how good Maryland's been defensively, but I really can't envision a scenario where they get by Alabama. Alabama, you know, when when Maryland faced them in the tournament two years ago and got the doors blown off of them because Bama got so hot from three, it's a different team this year. They're actually, they're not only better, they're more well-balanced. Not only are they very strong defensively, but they aren't, as reliant on the three-point shot. They still take a ton of threes. It's Nate Oates. He's going to take a ton of threes. But when those shots aren't falling, unlike in years past where you could almost guarantee that they were going to lose when their threes weren't falling, this year they have answers inside. They have guys that can drive and get to the rim, and they have guys who have moves in the low post. So they're a much more well-balanced team. So if it was two years ago, I'd say, yeah, Maryland absolutely has a chance to beat these guys. They just have to get cold from three. This year, even if that happens, I can't see Maryland winning. 
the end of the day, that's the curse of being an eight or a nine is that even if you two win your first game, you get to go up against one of the four best teams in the country. And Bama's very strong. So unless there's some sort of legal issues that pop up with Brandon Miller in this these next few days, or Nate Oates gets indicted for something, which I mean is always possible, but <laughs> there there's my there's my given Maryland a chance to actually win. But I do think that Maryland's defense is good enough to hang tight with anybody. Like you mentioned, they beat Purdue. Not only did they beat him at home, they took him to the wire on the road. So they can hang with anybody. I just don't see I think you know, even if they do keep this close within the last four minutes, Bama pulls away at the end. I feel like Maryland would have a better chance against Alabama if they were playing the Crimson Tide on Thursday than they would uh, playing after beating West Virginia and playing on Saturday. I, I just have a hard time believing Maryland can string together multiple successive quality games against quality opponents. I, I, I don't think they're they're quite there, particularly with, with the offense. But the defense gives them a gives them a chance if the uh, you know if the other team is a little bit off and Maryland's happens to be a night where they're hitting uh you know hitting some shots. And, uh, and West Virginia is going to beat them up inside. West Virginia, a very physical team, so it's going to be a lot tougher game for the entire two halves, uh, then Alabama's going to have to face with whoever little sisters of the poor they face in the first round. Yeah. Uh, West, I mean, Alabama will be plenty rested. Obviously, you know, in this tournament setting uh, versus even the Big Ten tournament when you're playing back-to-back days, you've got the day of rest in between, which helps the Maryland's, you know, they're only going really seven and a half deep, you know, depending on how many minutes long gets per night. But uh, there are more TV timeouts, so, you know, maybe that doesn't factor. But, again, foul trouble for, uh, you know, that's always an issue, and particularly if, uh, you know, if you lose any inside presence there, there that, you know, uh, it'll be good night. But, you know, got to get past West Virginia first. We'll get back to them in a second. Let's kind of look ahead, kind of bigger picture to – Next year, so Maryland has four incoming recruits, uh, currently three of letter of intents. Uh, uh, the names are known at this point. Sean Harris, four-star small forward, 40th nationally. Jamie Kaiser, uh, four-star small forward, 50th nationally. Jonathan Lamone, four-star shooting guard here for Baltimore, 125th nationally. And Braden Pierce, Kaiser's IMG Academy teammate, uh, the seven-footer. Uh, I, I believe he's currently three-star, all of these rankings by uh, 247. Uh, so who are you most interested in? And, and kind of beyond that, who has to kind of make, uh, uh, are you thinking has to kind of make an immediate presence next year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you look at one guy, you look at Kaiser, um, just because I think it's been talked about all year, this team's missing a reliable shooter, and Kaiser's the best shooter that they're bringing in. Bringing in. Uh, six six wing can play either the two or the three. Very athletic, long, um, good defensively, but also has the best three point shot. It's got good arc on it. Um, doesn't need a ton of separation from the defense. So if you're looking for a late in the shot clock clutch three, he's a guy that can give that to you. He's probably the best shooter that'll be coming through College Park since Kevin Herter. 
Not that he's going to turn into Kevin Herter and be one of the NBA's best three-point shooters, but that's kind of what you're looking to add to this team as a reliable shooter, and he gives you that. Now, Harris Smith is is super talented. Uh, his shot's a little more raw. He's more of an athletic, uh, super physical two guard, but he could also guard the three if he needs to. Uh, good, good driving, uh, good at drawing contact, finishing through contact. Um, he's developing a really nice three-point shot, but I'm just not sure we'll see that a ton as a freshman, not to the level that you probably see it from Kaiser. Um, and then Pierce is more of a developmental big. It's it's tough to know what to expect from him. I mean, look, if if anybody can get anything out of him, it's probably Grant Billmeyer on Willard's bench. You see what he's been able to get from Patrick a million this year, and that's been extremely impressive. Uh, and really what they've been able to do with Julian Reese as the season's gone on. So we'll see what turns out there. I wouldn't expect him to have a, an impact at all as a freshman, but really you're looking yeah. at Harris Smith and Kaiser and hopefully they can add enough uh, to a team that really needs offense, but both are really strong defensively as well and should give you a ton of length and athleticism, able to switch on ball screens, all that sort of thing. Yeah, I kind of think both of them are going to be in line for plenty of minutes uh, next year. And as you said, Kai, uh, Pierce, I mean, if he does anything next year, you're just hoping he's a, a, a functional rotational big. You're not expecting uh, anything more than that uh, next year. Uh, Jameer Young, he's obviously had a great year for Maryland, finishing second uh, all Big Ten. Uh, he could return for another season. Are you expecting that? Um, I mean, I haven't heard anything one way or the other. Uh, I haven't heard any rumblings of what he's expecting to do. Obviously, he participated in senior day festivities, but that doesn't mean anything. Guys come back after that all the time. We saw on the football side, Talia Tungavailoa participated in senior day, and he's back for the football team. My gut, just purely gut, says he doesn't return. Um, obviously, before he returned to college last year and transferred to Maryland from Charlotte, he went through the NBA process, and he got feedback, presumably from scouts, on what he needed to improve. I just don't know, putting myself in his shoes, that there's a whole lot more that he can prove at the collegiate level. Uh, it's a risk yeah. if he comes back and gets a year older. It's a huge risk. And I don't know that another year would really show that much more of his game. I think you kind of see what he is at the highest level. Uh, second team All-Big Ten probably should have been first team. That that kind of a 50-50 thing with Boo Booey. But... Um, I think he showed NBA scouts what he can be. Now, is he an NBA player in the future? I, I really don't know. He's a little small. He's got decent height on his jumper, but it's not really as uh, consistent as you like to see. He's decent at getting into the lane and drawing fouls. So maybe he has a future in the NBA, but I also don't think that his game's developing still. I think this is who he is. So I would expect that if he's looking to go pro, this next year is, is the time to do it and that coming back wouldn't really benefit him. Obviously, as a Maryland fan, though, we'd all love to see Jameer back because trying to find another point guard likely in the portal, uh, it's going to be tough. Now, Willard did it once to great success, but doing it twice, we'll see if he's able to do that. Yeah, I think the expectation has to be that he's uh, leaving. I don't think he's a NBA. Yeah, he, he might get camp invites. Uh, maybe he's a uh, developmental guy, but I, I would, he is a pro. Somewhere he can get paid. Yep. If he doesn't 
uh, leave this year. That's a year of income that he's leaving on the table. Although at this point, maybe he could get a, a NIL deal that, uh, you know, something comparable or at least something. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, the only reason for him to come back really would be uh, he's a local that, you know, and, and if he believes he can uh, lift Maryland to another level next year, uh, you know, that's the argument. But really would ex- really would expect him to go get a check somewhere and go in Europe and probably be paid pretty well, <laughs> you know, or, uh, or China or Australia or any uh, anywhere at this point. Um, so, like you said, uh, they would have to look to the portal to replace him. Uh, you had Fats Russell the year before, but these guys don't grow on trees. Although there are, I mean, <laughs> going to be an incredible amount of guys in the portal, so. You'll be looking to find probably a point guard. You're going to be looking to find a uh, another big. Uh, so we'll see what happens with Young. But we know that Carey, Hart, Scott, Million, they're going to be gone. Uh, I'm sorry for butchering the name, but Dezuba, the uh, Arizona State transfer, he hasn't got minutes either of his two years at Maryland. Uh, and he was a pretty decently held recruit. He was the youngest in college basketball two years ago. Uh, Revaz, he can't, couldn't find minutes this year, even on a team that had, you know, limited front courts. So I think there's a good chance both of them are gone, but obviously they can return. Martinez, Bachelor, Long, Swanson, Rogers, I would expect uh, each of them to be back. And kind of the question mark on the current roster would be Cornish, who I would probably expect to leave. Couldn't find minutes last year. May have been an injury. This year, there was, you would have thought there were minutes available. A pretty uh, decent recruit, top 100 player, new regime. Still couldn't find regular minutes, although you saw a number of times during the year, I thought Willard gave a few opportunities and it just didn't kind of break, break through. Maybe there was something else going on. You know, you, you don't know what he's like at practice or, or, or otherwise, but uh, maybe he's back, maybe he's not. Anyway, currently you're looking at, uh, you know, assuming not all of these guys are going to be here, but currently you're looking at your guards, Cornish, Martinez, Long, uh, Lamov, uh, and uh, and then Harris Smith, who wings, Bachelor, Kaiser, and Zuba, and then your bigs, Reese, Swats, Rogers, Ravaz, and Pierce. So if Zuba, Ravaz, and Cornish leave, Maryland would have four scholarships available. If Young is gone, Maryland will need, a, as we said, need the point guard. Swats and Rogers, Pierce, maybe they're rotational bigs, but you're going to eh, need somebody uh, more reliable, a team with Reese. Lots of questions to be determined, but initial thoughts on next year's roster. And the one question I didn't really uh, tee you up with, but I'll do it now. Uh, any chance you think we're going to see a, a Risa t- test the waters and potentially leave? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a potential for him to leave not only transfer portal, but NBA. I think both are absolutely in the cards. I expected him to leave last year after his sister transferred to LSU. Credit to Willard for being able to keep not only him, but all of the guys that he was able to keep on the roster. You don't see that very often nowadays with new head coaches. I expected last year or or this year, the roster to be full of new guys, and it really wasn't. 
So credit to him and the additions he made when you look at Long and Young and Emelian have all played key minutes, Long less so, but still. Um, Reese, I think w- absolutely he's going to go through the NBA process. Whether he enters the portal or not, I don't know. I think he's absolutely going to test the waters. I think he's absolutely a guy that would benefit from coming back, though. He needs to develop his game more. Number one, he needs to be able to prove he can defend without fouling because your best ability is your availability, and the NBA is not going to want a guy who can't stay on the court for foul reasons. Um, Number two is that he's a four in the NBA. He's not a five like he's playing in college. So he's got to be able to develop some sort of an offensive game that isn't directly under the bucket. We saw him attempt some threes last year. He actually shot at a decent clip, and he's got – okay form it's not great it needs a lot of work Willard's obviously told him not to take any jumpers this year you can see teams are leaving him wide open at the three-point line and he's not even looking at the bucket so it's not part of his game right now but that's something that if he came back he needs to at least prove that he can do that a little bit of a face-up game right as a four so I think he would benefit from coming back whether he will who knows? I yeah, think shot, going shot through from the, the elbow, uh, you know, absolutely. It, it, yeah, I mean, uh, I, and I, I got a few years on you, uh, Zach, but I think you'll probably remember, you know, players like uh, James Gist or Ken A. and Beckway, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, even Terrence Morris, kind of similar type of, uh, of body types. Like you said, he's a he's a four. I mean, he's even kind of like a could be an almost a big three. He's certainly yeah. not a he's certainly not a five as a pro. Uh, he developed some this year. Uh, I, I mean, you got to give it to Reese. The minutes went up. He was starting uh, field goal attempts went from four point six to seven point two. Field goal percentage forty six percent to sixty three percent. But that was as you said, he didn't attempt any threes this year. Free throw attempts went from 1.6 to 3.8, but the percentage dropped considerably. Yeah. Uh, Rebounds 7.3, you know, uh, this year, you know, scoring up. Uh, But I I didn't feel like he took – he took a a, a progression in his game, but they always talk about the the leap of – the sophomore leap, and I don't feel like he, like – I, you know, it wasn't a huge uh, uh, leap for him uh, from, from what we saw uh, as a freshman. I, you know, I think there's more development there, but that doesn't mean he'll come back. Uh, you know, he will test uh, the uh, waters and, you know, there'll be a chance for him to maybe start making money as a pro. Or as you said, you know, he could be uh, he could be somebody that looks to leave in the in, in the portal. But if you are thinking about what this roster could be next year. It really starts with him returning and making another progression in his game and kind of leading uh, leading this team. It's really hard to envision Maryland being good next year if if he leaves and having to find not just a companion for him in the front court, but but a replacement for him uh, there directly. Yeah, finding a big is also a lot harder than finding a starting caliber point guard, it seems yep. like. At least in the past, you know, you've seen Maryland. They were able to find Fats Russell, and I think his game was a little affected by the coaching change, as everybody was. But his game compared to Kudus Wahab, man, 
Like <laughs> it, it was night and day. So if all they have to do is go find a point guard and a backup center, great. If they have to find a starting point guard and a starting center, I'm not going to feel so good about it. Um, it's going to be a younger team. I think it's going to be a team maybe more in the mold of Kevin Willard. You would hope so, at least uh, with uh, more of his guys on next year's team. I think Ian Martinez can play a big role, but if he's getting starter minutes, there's probably something wrong with that. He's been really good this year. You can't expect him to repeat his three-point shooting percentage from this year to next year. You're hopefully not relying on it at all next year because you've got other guys to do that. But yeah, as a whole next year, look, there's a lot of work to do on this roster, and that's what they brought in Kevin Willard to do, his recruiting ability. And these days, recruiting is not just high schoolers. It's experienced transfer portal guys. So he's got to be able to prove that he can build a contender next year, because like I mentioned at the at the top here, they got to build on this next year. No matter what turns over next year, even if Reese leaves, it happens. Mm-hmm. Look, this is Maryland basketball. And Willard's the expectation is going to be that he gets them a better seed than an eight next year, no matter what the roster looks like. It is what it is. Deal with it. This is yeah, the cards people, that been dealt. People are not going to accept like uh, going backwards. You know, nor should they. Nor should right. they. There's no. Uh, there would be no excuse for that. Certainly, losing a lot of experience. Uh, you know, so you lose if you lose young, and you're losing. Uh, you know, Carrie and Hart and Scott and Emil, and these are, you know, guys have a ton of college experience, so you're going from that to a much younger team. But at the same time, Chris, three of those guys were brought in from the portal. Three of right. those five. Yep. So there is uh, experience to be found. Yeah. Uh, should be able to, right, you're going to be able to add some additional pieces here in Maryland. Uh, and they were able to add those pieces with Maryland coming off the year that they had, plus a, a, a new staff, and then they'll be able to this year say, "Hey, look at the results that we directly had and the minutes that are available to you." So there'll they'll be there'll be plenty that Maryland's able to sell, uh, and we'll you know look to see what couple of additions they're able to directly add. Not that you would be expecting. Uh, real significant performances, but Bachelor and Swanson Roger having a year in the program, uh, they need to be able to take a leap next year and be regular rotational fixes as uh, this year, as we saw, particularly in the, well, definitely the second half of the conference schedule, they were basically phased out uh, com- completely uh, from the rotation. So looking for them to take a leap. Uh, Martinez, he's played well down the stretch. Uh, let's see if Long has anything further in his game. Obviously came with uh, uh, Willard from Seton Hall, uh, and then it'll be uh, be a lot of the kids. But, yeah, the biggest question is going to go back to uh, uh, Reese, uh, so we'll see what happens there. So that's next year. We still have Thursday. Maryland beats West Virginia if? If they can shoot the ball. I think that's 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 been the case right. all year. But if they can shoot the ball, you know, if they can shoot the ball at a 45, 46 percent clip, I mean, they don't even have to shoot lights out to beat Alabama. They got to shoot lights out to beat West Virginia. You just got to play the same defense you've been playing pretty much all year. You got to not be not turn the ball over a million times. And look, they go against the press every week. I'm not concerned about them going against the press of West Virginia. But be smart with the ball, get good shots, and you got to hit them. And I think that starts with 
Jimmy or Young obviously finding shots for people, but it ends with Hakeem Hart and Dante Scott have to have to be weapons. The the defense of West Virginia has to respect them. And getting off to a good start for those guys is going to be key. Get them some confidence. It's it's been a while since both of those guys have had a good offensive game together. Seems like maybe you've seen one game here and there where one of them will will have a good shooting night. But yeah, I think it comes down to shooting the ball. And then the second thing I think is Reese and the front court staying out of foul trouble because West Virginia loves to drive and get to the rim and be physical. And they're going to test and make and see if Reese can guard without fouling. And the thing is, even when he has played through some of those foul issues and he's been on the court with two fouls early in the first half, teams are teams know that and he's been able to not pick up that third, but he's also given up easy shots underneath because he knows he can't foul. So I think that's something you saw with Trace Jackson Davis in the Indiana game um, most recently is that Reese was playing through foul trouble the whole day and he really, they knew he couldn't foul. So Jackson Davis ended up with a bunch of easy buckets underneath. So I think that's two things, but I really do think it starts with their ability to shoot the basketball. They get open looks. Willer's consistently able to find open looks for guys in his scheme. They just got to hit them and not falling in love with the three point shot, getting to the rim. I think being physical right back to West Virginia is going to be key. I'd like to see Dante Scott. Hopefully that knee's healed up enough for him to feel confident driving the ball to the hoop. Um, but moving off the ball, all of those sorts of things. And I, I do feel confident that Willard is going to have a plan. And if the initial plan doesn't work, he's going to adjust. I think we've seen that all year. Um, but yeah, got to shoot the ball, man. Shoot the ball. Yeah, I think that's, uh, <laughs> it certainly sounds right for me. Uh, you mentioned Scott and Hart. And, you know, I think they've taken a, a fair amount of abuse from Maryland fans, a little bit. Some of it deserved uh, at, at times. But I'll appreciate both of them. Always for coming back for this season, they didn't have to, uh, and them coming back allowed for some stability and allowed them, Maryland, to be in a position to get back to the tournament. If these guys were more what they should be, which would be role players on, on a better team, they would be more appreciated uh, than they than they are. Um, Scott and Hart, it's funny, both of them, I just feel like they're, they're much better when they go to the basket versus uh, relying uh, the, the sit outside if they can get to the line. Uh, and my thought as far as the shooting is, I know the tempo stats don't really back it up, but I feel Maryland plays better when they are getting it up court and looking to attack the paint and scoring, you know, getting their points in the paint in a – you know, a non-traditional uh, uh, manner there, getting to the line. Uh, first one, the 75, probably wins this game. That would be my, my my thought there. And, uh, yeah, we'll see uh, whoever wins this and see if they can give uh, Alabama a run on Saturday. Zach will be watching from his new uh, confine compound in uh, San Diego. So 9-15 start for you. Fine. Uh, I'm not sure if you're working, but if uh, if you're uh, if you can take off, if you can find an open bar at 9:15, good for you. I will uh, be taking off for the first day this year, and we will definitely find a bar myself. So, looking forward to the game. Been a fun season. Uh, see if we can get one more W at least. Uh, Zach, thanks for uh, 
for all of your work uh, this year, not just football, but particularly the basketball on the message board, keeping uh, uh, people engaged and uh, previewing each game that has been appreciated. Go and enjoy the game. Uh, come and, uh, anybody, come and talk with us at the site, baltimoresportsandlife.com. And you can find Zach on Twitter where? At Zach Kiesel. All right. Take care, guys. Go Terps.